Okay, so Raim Tov, everybody. We continue in the Sefer Das Hasviros, and we are in the fifth essay talking about the five levels of soul. So now we're going to give you new um, information uh, that I told you I'm skipping a little bit, what's being repeated here. And how understanding of the five levels of soul will help us in understanding things that happen to us. Already discussed in the introduction, it will help our self-awareness of our own feelings where they're coming from. But how about when we have to interact with Hashem? So let's say like this, there are five levels that exist in our understanding, our relationship between Hashem and us. And what does that mean? Now, the question is, does God speak to man? Well, one of the tenets of our faith is God is, does speak to people who have refined themselves to the point of being a, a Navi, that Hashem does speak to us. It takes a lot of effort. The person has to really purify himself, but Hashem can speak to mankind and can use that person as a messenger to tell the others things. But we don't have that anymore because of our spiritual inadequacies. But we have another term that we have nowadays, and it's called a revelation from the back, so to speak. In other words, God uses certain tools to send a message. Just like there used to be uh, telegrams, and uh, what else did they have? Letters or whatever. Oh, Morse code. That was a good one. Remember that? I guess that was a skill set that got lost. Guy, guy graduated in decoding Morse code. Okay, I wonder what happened when that went out. Okay. But the truth is, many times Hashem speaks to people in a code since we're not prophets so therefore god will speak to us through certain events that happen to us and this is a very important aspect in judaism persons you know if you believe that hashem is in charge of everything that happens to you in the world no matter how boneheaded your decision may have been or matter how cruel another person may be behaving towards you, we all know that Hashem is in charge of everything. And if Hashem doesn't want this to happen to you, it isn't going to happen to you. If anything happens to you, God is talking to you. Now, sometimes we're too busy to hear God speaking to us. When there's a crowded room, let's say at a Kiddush on Shabbos, and sometimes people tell me, you know, don't you know somebody was calling you rabbi? I say, well, where's the person? Oh, behind you on the other side of the room. I said, well, my hearing is not that good to hear through the cacophony of sounds at a kiddish. Sorry, I, I just can't hear it. You know, if they want to talk to me, they can position themselves in front of me, face to face, and talk to me. Better chance that I would be hearing them. So a lot of times Hashem speaks to us and we're just so busy, we, have, we don't even have time to put our antenna. But if you do, you may be able to hear this and a 
person's job is to be able to translate the activities that happen to understand what Hashem wants from them. Okay? Now, since we have five levels of soul, that means there's five levels of awareness of ourselves that we can develop. So therefore, the more elevated awareness you have, the more sophisticated could be your ability to hear the message. So he gives us the example, okay? And anyone here can pick their own personal examples. But, uh, you know, think of a time where life was very hard for you, let's say with Parnassum. Just throw that one, because often that's a problem. And it could be any kind of scenario. Let's say you had a good job for 25 years, and all of a sudden you get fired without any notice. They give you a six-month severance pay, whatever, and that's it. Goodbye, Charlie. And now you got worried, how am I going to pay the mortgage? I'm going to do this and that. That would not be a not good situation. Or someone convinces you to borrow against your value of your house on a great, sure thing business deal. And what happens, the whole thing goes south and now your house is bankrupt and mortgaged to the hilt and you have no way of paying it. Okay, those are all different kinds of situations. Now, a person who is aware spiritually is going to say, Hashem is talking to me. That's good. Many people, if they're not, they don't even think about that. They think, oh man, now I'm in trouble. What am I going to do? But a, a, a religious Jew, a believing Jew is going to say, what is Hashem saying to me? Now, the message he gets will be filtered through the level of awareness he is having in himself and therefore with his relation to Hashem. Whereas what element within himself is he employing to understand what's going on? So let's go from the lowest level of the person to the highest level and you'll see the message will be understood differently. Let's look first at the lowest level of person is the nefesh. And what do we say about the nefesh? The nefesh, it's the bad part of the soul that's within the blood that's involved in the human being's animalistic aspect of trying to survive. That's part of your soul. And we said what makes it spiritually unique is that everything you do <coughs> has a spiritual outcome from that. And you're looking for survival. And you understand that every mitzvah, there's 630 mitzvahs, it parallels 613 parts of your your body, so to speak. And that part of your cognitive reality is all based on action. It's all about actions. That's all you're thinking about. Do I do this? Do I do that? So the person who's understanding, I, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not an animal. Remember, more than an animal. And the physical things I do have some spiritual connection so if he's a thoughtful person, he'll say, well, why am I business going down? You know, I never was really very careful and I always charged Jews interest in business deals. And I never really thought about it. But that's not available to charge a Jew interest. 
And it could be that God is punishing me because of this, uh, or just to say like this, and maybe I'm suffering financial setbacks because I transgressed a sin. But the only concern he really has is he wants to get his parnosa back on his feet. So what can I do to make my parnosa better? So at the left, now, if, if, if the nefesh, the, the Jewish person's nefesh, well, no, it came from Hashem. <coughs> so Hashem's trying to tell me something. So what's he telling me? He's telling me that I'm doing a certain avera, which is based on action, and that's why my life is suffering. Now, that, that's pretty good. Now, could he be wrong? Yep. But one thing's for sure, if he stops charging interest, that's good. Right? And how can a person know what is it? Well, we generally have a rule measure for measure, meaning Hashem wants to give you a hint to know what you've done wrong. I mean, he could have had you be run over by a car, but that would be a little bit far away from understanding that you shouldn't be charging interest. So therefore, he has you fail miserably in a business deal. So maybe you'll think, what kind of business deals have I been doing not according to Allah? And then you might say, yeah, you know, I've always been charging interest. And that's what Hashem is telling to tell me, to stop charging interest. I'm oversimplifying this, obviously. But uh, but that's what a Jew is responsible. But he's, and, and that's good, but he's only gone to the first level. Because that's the only level of his soul that he really is thinking on. And there's many Jews who not, don't get further than that. But there's so much more inside of them that they're capable of realizing and relating to. So now how about if he goes up and tries to relate to his level of ruach that has to do with your midos, has to do with your uh, speech, feelings, um, uh, passion for things. So now if he's working on his ruach, so maybe Hashem wants you to have stronger feelings to him. And maybe instead of depending on what the stock market says and what financial advisors say, maybe you want to just rely on Hashem for Parnosa. And maybe you should get excited of being, you know, being able to serve Hashem and trust Hashem. Now that's not in the realm of action anymore. That's in the realm of feelings and emotions. And Hashem could be saying, you know, you really don't think about much of how I impact your life. There's no emotional connection. And therefore, maybe you got to start learning to depend on me more. Now, that's a much higher level. It's not just a question, I should stop charging interest. We're going into a deeper part of the person. Now, one, these two ideas are not mutually exclusive of each other. It could be that on the one hand, he doesn't feel Hashem is supporting him, and therefore he sins by charging interest. Because charging interest, quote-unquote, is a sure thing. Right? I don't got to do anything. It's a sure thing. Yeah, but you made a mistake, and your lawyer forgot that when the guy said his house would be collateral, the lawyer never checked, and the guy never owned that house. Right? So when you lend a guy at 10% interest, $500,000, and he puts his house up for collateral that's worth $2 million, you figure there's nothing to worry about. Do you got to worry about anything? 
And then he collapsed. There's no problem. Calls the lawyer. Says it's fine. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, what do you mean? Oh well, he never really owned the house. Ah! You never owned the house. You check what's the matter with you. Well, that's how many go would. But a spiritual person is going to say, "Aha! Uh-huh. You see, that's what happens when you charge interest for another tree." But if he thinks deeper, he's saying, and really, how much do I really depend on Hashem? So maybe Hashem wants me to depend more on him than on other people. So it could be one, both, one of the other, or maybe both. And maybe, maybe Hashem wants a person to now engage on that third level, the neshama, which is very spiritual now. The neshama is divine thoughts it's being in a spiritual mindset and Hashem wants you to strengthen yourself in your spiritual mindset such as to uh, realize how important doing mitzvahs and learning Torah is even when times are tough you know the person who learns Torah when life is convenient can be hooked into the level of Ruach but not into the level of Neshama Neshama is your deep feelings and convictions. If you really believe in something, won't you do it even under difficult circumstances? So let's say this guy who was a fellow who was charging interest, wasn't so dependent on Hashem, and he would go to shul, but, you know, really fast, and he quickly catches Tafyomi, this and that, but really never made any sacrifices in his Torah observance. Now Hashem says, you're collapsed. Now, what's going to be your response? Well, maybe I shouldn't charge interest anymore. Maybe I should put more um, dependence on God. And now I guess Hashem wants me to serve him when it's going to be a lot harder. Because now when the business has collapsed, now you got to spend 10 times as much time trying to find a new job, trying to collect your money, Everything's falling apart. You're losing your connections and it's going to take 10 times the effort to be able to maybe get some money back. And God says, and I still want you to learn. Maybe times are tough because Hashem wants you to really express how much will you sacrifice for Hashem. And that's already coming from the neshama, a very spiritual part of the person. And it could be that Hashem wants the person to feel much more connected to him and to realize my whole purpose of my life is to be close to Hashem. And that's where I get energized from. That's where I get my life from. Yiddishkeit is where I really get my vim and vigor, which you never really felt that way. You just did it because you felt that was one of your obligations to do to God. And you were so busy because, you know, your whole life was your business. Your whole raison d'etre was, I'm Forbes uh, 500. Maybe Hashem says, you ain't ever going to be that. Maybe you should be looking somewhere else to find your raison d'etre in life. Where you get that excitement. And maybe that comes from a, a strong relationship with Hashem. And sometimes when you're under pressure, that's what can happen. To realize I was trying to find everyone else's acceptance and now nobody cares about me. 
maybe it's time to look towards Hashem as a real source of, of, of um, accomplishment. That's what I really want to have. That's high. I feel life. I feel energized from being with Hashem. And finally, is to realize that the whole purpose of life is not this world. And this world is a test of wealth and pardon us and this, but the goal of life totally is to be totally connected to Hashem, Torah, Mitzvah. That's the Yechida. That's the unique oneness that's there. And you got to work on that. So you see how all those things are happening. So when a person comes to a rabbi and says to the rabbi, Rabbi, what, what does God want from me? So the rabbi has to be adept to know his congregant and say, well, what mode does he operate under? Is he a relatively simplistic guy and he's a real nefesh type of person? So he'll just say, well, I think you should stop charging interest and leave it at that. Don't go beyond because the guy's not ready to hear anymore and will not be able to do anymore. Right? Et cetera, et cetera. They're going along the list. If he's a very spiritual person, they could say, maybe you should just forget about success in this world and just think about Hashem in the next world. What if you, you know, but if you're going to tell that to a nefesh guy, he just can't hear what you're saying. So therefore, it's really important to know there's these five levels of consciousness within the person. So for yourself, you'll realize, am I really digging deep enough inside what the issue is or is it something much deeper? Okay, so that is one. And this explains a very interesting Gemara. Gemara Bratha says, what do you do when suffering comes to you? Gemara talks about this. So the Gemara says, first, you should inspect your ways. Inspect your ways. Well, I guess that's addressing the lowest level of soul. Nefesh, inspect your ways. What if you inspect your ways and you don't find anything wrong? Interesting. Well, what's the next thing you're supposed to do? He says, assume it's because you didn't study enough Torah. So there's a lot of explanations for that. One of them is very simple. If you would have studied more Torah, you'd know which one of your ways is evil. You think you're a wonderful Jew. Well, every time the rabbi gave a class on the laws of Shabbos, you never came to it, and you thought you'd keep Shabbos for just not going to work. You didn't realize every time you're eating supper and having fish, you're making so many transgressions of, of eating the fish without uh, by separating the bones and things like that. If you learn more Torah, you'd know that you, the other areas you did. But a deeper understanding is that Hashem is saying, you know, I want more than just physical action. I'm looking for spiritual connection. If you'd be learning more Torah, there'd be more of a spiritual connection in your life. And that's what he wants. But then the Lord says, and what if you did learn a lot of Torah and you can't find anything wrong with your behavior? What does the Lord say to that? Very interesting expression. These are Yisurim Shel Ahava. Pains of love. Which when you hear that, you say, what? God loves me, so he hits me? So the point of this is, no. Is that when you suffer a physical, anything in the physical world that damages you, the idea is supposed to hit you on higher levels. If it just hits you on the level of the nefesh, well, just check your ways and change your ways. If that isn't it, well, if your ways are okay, then Hashem says, well, what about the fact that you, um, you know, you're, you're not relating to your spiritual realities? 
and it doesn't really um, you don't you don't depend on Hashem, so to speak. You don't get excited about Hashem. So maybe you got to work on that. And if you'd be learning Torah, you'd be more connected. So no, you're learning all that. So then, so then what's left? What's left is these highest levels to realize that maybe Hashem wants to expose you to levels of Chaya and Yechida. Levels that you never really thought about in your life. What do you mean? That the Yiddishkeit is my whole excitement in life? What do you mean? The Leafs are in the playoffs. That's exciting. Going to Shul, that's not exciting. But if, as your physical world gets destroyed, maybe you're going to stop getting exciting about the physical things and say to yourself, is there not more than this? And then maybe to realize, maybe my whole purpose in life is to totally connect to Hashem, which is beyond all the mundane physical things. And the more, God forbid, God forbid, and this could be, you know, you could say, well, I understand, why is this tzaddik? Why is it? He's a good Jew. He goes, this guy, Oshul. Every day, he goes to Dafyomi. Every day, he gives second day. How come he's got cancer? <laughs> he's a good Jew. One of the possibilities, we don't know for sure, is it's pains of love. What do you mean he loves him? Because now that he has cancer, he's really thinking much deeper about what his life is about. And maybe there's a whole focus in his life he ignored. And thank God, thank God, he now has the ability to connect to Hashem in a deeper way that he never could have connected before. Uh, isn't that because God loves him? God could have done nothing to him. And he would always been a very basic Jew and never realizing that Judaism is all about this relationship with Hashem. Living for Hashem. Living for uni unifying with Hashem, which is the ultimate greatest pleasure. He never would have understood that unless he got hit that way. Not because he's a bad guy. But Hashem wants him to dig deeper inside himself and realize there's a much deeper person inside of you and a much deeper relationship you can have with Hashem. And ultimately, that is the greatest pleasure in the world that you never would have had. Now, that takes... Now, if you don't understand the spheros and the composite makeup of a person, can you ever even think that way? You render to us, why does God do bad things to good people? And you have no answer because you don't understand what the whole system's about. And obviously, the person that asks that question has no idea of a deeper conscious reality than that. You're a good Jew, Hashem should take care of you. Finished. It's not true. It's not true. That's why, for example, in the Shema, the first two paragraphs are the main Shema. Shema Yisrael, you shall love Hashem. Second paragraph says, if you will listen to what Hashem says, then the rains will fall, everything will be good. And if not, I'll shut down the faucets, it'll be terrible, you'll go into exile, all these different things. Now, the question is, why do we need two paragraphs for the Shema? First one says, love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul. When you get up, when you go to sleep, teach it to your children. It doesn't talk about anything about reward and punishment. <laughs> Second paragraph talks a lot about reward and punishment. Why? So if you look carefully at the Shema, next time you read it, you'll notice that the first paragraph in Hebrew is written to the singular Jew. And you will love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul. And you will study Torah day and night, etc. So you will teach it to your children. Well, in the second paragraph, it's talking about the plural, the nation in general. If all the Jews listen to Hashem, What's the difference? 
Because the Shema is talking to a person with a heightened spiritual awareness. Well, the second paragraph is speaking to the average Jew with a lower spiritual awareness. The lower Jew who only understands, you know, I do mitzvahs, and that's what I'm supposed to do. And you don't really have this deep connection to Hashem. So what language do those kinds of people know? The language is, do what I say, it'll be good. If you don't do what I say, it won't be good. So we're dealing with them on the nefesh level. Right? And therefore you serve God with all your heart and all your resources. Uh, serve God with all your heart and all your soul. But not with all your resources. In the second paragraph, nobody serves God with all their resources. I'm not going to give everything away to God. First paragraph, you serve God with all your resources. The resources aren't that important. So then why doesn't God mention reward and punishment in the first paragraph? Because we're dealing with a person with a higher level of consciousness with Hashem. So high he serves God with all his heart, with all his soul, and even all his resources are not important to him. So then does God have to hold uh, something over his head? Oh, if you're good, I'll reward you. And if you're bad, I'll punish you. That guy doesn't care about that. He's already working on much higher levels. Nefesh chayi yechido. Because remember, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeim Hashem Achor. Hashem is one. That's the top level. But to really live in that reality, Hashem is one. The only reality is Hashem. That means you now are living in a world, the fifth highest level, which is not an easy level to be on at all. To realize that you're totally bound up with God and you're just a, as we've said many times, a microphone of God. And, it, and there's nothing there of you per se. That's the highest level. And with that, all you want to do is to be able to be that microphone. To serve Hashem even with all your assets. And therefore, who's talking about reward and punishment? That's such a childish way of dealing with somebody like that. Can you imagine going to the greatest rabbi in the world? And you go to, you know, I hope you go to shul today. Because if not, you're going to get punished. And if you do, you're going to get a prize. <laughs> Thank you very much for telling me. <laughs> it's foolish. But to other people, young people, have other things to listen. You want to get blessed in your work? Come to Minion. Put on Tfilin. Give Tsunaka. You do that, then God will take care of you. Now, if a person just lives on that level, what happens to them when they see so many Jews who are acting on that level and tragedy strikes them? Now they have a big question on the Yiddishkeit. <clears throat> so why would that have to happen? Because Hashem is really saying, maybe we could push you a little higher in your conscious reality. You have no answers on the Nefesh level. Why don't you start bringing out from yourself deeper levels of consciousness will you be able to understand the answer and until that happens you're not going to be able to understand the answer so this is why it's so important to understand the five levels of soul because otherwise we just don't understand how to have a relationship with hashem in a way that how do we respond to what hashem does in our lives and therefore you and that's a real reality check and therefore, you know, it's it's good now and then to have what we'll call modest crises. You know, we don't wish anyone major crises. Okay, a crisis, you miss your plane and they lose your luggage. That's fine. I'll take that. Okay. 
and let me work on it on my five levels of consciousness. Okay, so Hashem chooses it for you. But it's a good reality check. How do you respond? How do you respond? Now you know, why did I do it? So I know what level I'm on. And do I want to always live on a nefesh level? Or do I want to live on a neshama level and a chayel level and a yechida level? But again, if you don't learn what you're made of, how are you even going to understand that? You see, and that's what that's what secular psychologists and psychiatrists don't understand that's part of a Jew. Non-Jews have levels of consciousness, but not in a spiritual way per se. So that's an important idea. Okay, uh, the next thing he's going to talk about is uh, how that relates to prayer, how it relates to relationships between people, etc., etc., but we'll have to stop it over here and we can digest that one. Okay, shkayach, everybody.